Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. This is going to be a really interesting episode because, first of all, the recording studio is very, very cold. And uh, we had joked before this that each of us should really talk a lot faster so that uh, we, we, we can get this in. But, you know, I, I caution Dr. Rhoda not to do that because we already know she, she talks <laughs> twice as fast as me. Um, so uh, we're, we're celebrating a little bit again Uh Dr. Rhoda has a book that just came out that was published called Creating a Culture Where All Are Included. It's on Amazon. Uh, I just took the liberty to, to do a free promo for it. It's an awesome book. You should check it out. Um, with Amazon, you can get it you know, almost instantaneously. So, so please uh, let her know, let us know uh, how it goes. And she's really hopeful that, that schools, teachers, parents, you know, people will, will take a look at it. Some really good stuff in there. But for today, Thanks uh, for that, Professor we, we, we are going to be talking about uh, identity formation instead of resolutions. And it's that time of year where, where we're making all kinds of promises. And I, I think what you're going to hear from Dr. Rhoda is just really concrete steps so that some of those promises, uh, really, you can show fidelity and you can carry them out. Thank you. There's some research that says that we like new starts. We like new beginnings. So even though really how much has changed from three months ago, well, we're turning a new calendar page on a new year. And with that just comes a new sense of starting over. Now, I believe as a Christian, God's mercies are new every morning. So I believe that every morning is a new start and there's never a best time to make all these adjustments and changes. But we know as a society, as a culture, we oftentimes look at the first of the year as a time for taking stock of our life and adjustments that we want to make. And I've been reading several books over my holiday break. And thank you to those of you who have written in and shared with me the books that you've been reading over break. And it's beautiful to see your children are reading and just based on past episodes, that what, how healthy that is for your brain and developing gray matter and critical thinking skills and compassion and empathy mirror neurons. So thank you for doing that. Thanks for letting us know that you're doing that. And one of the my favorite books I've been reading over the break is called Atomic Habits. And we talked last month about creating lasting change. And in order to do that, it's a three-step process. This is off of uh, B.J. Fogg's work. you got to make the change. It's three steps. Number one, make the change ridiculously small. Number two, link it to an action that you're already doing every day. And number three, celebrate after you do it. And just for review, why are those three steps important? When you make it ridiculously small, you do that so that your brain isn't stressed or intimidated. Our brains don't like change. When the brain feels overwhelmed, it often shuts down. And that's when we're more likely to self-sabotage our efforts. So you make it ridiculously small, super, super easy. Step number two, you link it to something that you already do. This creates a trigger for the new action that's already well-established. And number three, you celebrate when you're done. Why do you do that? It sends good neurochemicals through your body, all kinds of hormones through your body, so that your brain and your body know that it's safe with the change. And eventually, you're not so stressed by change. You realize that, well, good things happen when I, when I, when I make some changes. Those three steps. Now, after reading Atomic Habits, I'm going to just suggest one more thing that could make a difference. And here it is. To associate the new behavior with your identity and who it is for you to be authentically, if you're being your, the person that you want to be, how can this behavior be a part of that identity? 
For example, if your goal is to lose some weight or to work out more often, if you can link that activity to your identity that you want to be fit and you want to be a healthy person and you want to be a good steward of one of your most important gifts, then you're going to be much more committed and have an internal or intrinsic motivation for those actions that are going to help you lose weight or be more active. When we focus on changing outcomes, which is what typical goals do, right? I'm going to have the goal of eating this many calories a day or running this far or saving this much money. Or when we, when we focus on that outside outcome, I'm going to go for a run for five minutes every day. We may not be intrinsically motivated and without internal motivation, it's easier to change our mind when the going gets tough. If our motivation is, I want to wear a certain article of clothing, that's an extrinsic, that's an extrinsic motivation. It's easier to to be derailed with extrinsic motivation than it is with intrinsic. And as I'm listening to this, I often think, you know, I I love making checklists. Mm -hmm. And in and of themselves, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But often I wonder with the checklist, because it's not being associated with my identity, um, it's done in a different manner and it doesn't last as far as consistently doing those things. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, however, if you could, that's a really good point. Thanks for bringing it up. If you could make that checklist be a part of your identity and that I want to be organized, I want to be a good manager of my time. This is the, the little thing that I do that helps me be a good manager of my time. Then that does link to your, your, your identity and you are intrinsically motivated for doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Some of you may be doing this and not even really be thinking about it. But for those of us that are struggling with wanting to make a change, sometimes if we intentionally think about it this way, it can help us. And again, here's why this is important. If we can rethink about the new behavior and why it's important to us, why we value this action, why it's authentic and congruent with what we believe is important, then we can link it to our identity. And then we have intrinsic motivation, which can really help us to make it a lasting change as opposed to a short term. What do they say? You know, gym memberships really go up in January, but by like March, it's pretty much back to the people that are there the other months out of the year. So how do we make that lasting change? It's linking it to our identity. So instead of telling yourself, I'm going to run for 20 minutes each day, But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I hate running. I've never been good at running. I'm going to strain something. Then I'm going to have a doctor bill, right? Instead, if we can link it to our identity and start telling ourselves, you know what? I'm fit and I'm an active person and I'm a runner. What do runners do? They run. It's just not a big deal. While I'm out walking, I'm just going to run for one minute each day. And guess what? That makes me a runner. And pretty soon, it's just linked to your identity. If you're running for a minute, hey, that feels pretty good. I'm going to run for two minutes today. We're much less intimidated, and we're, we're less likely to self-sabotage. Okay, so I'm taking this information and categorizing it and applying it in my personal life. How, how does that translate to the educational setting? Awesome. For our teachers and parents, let's think about how this applies to our students. I have several students here at the college level that I work with who, even though they are in college, being a student is really not closely tied to their identity. They might say, you know, well, I'm going to college because I want to get a degree in this thing and I have to do it, or I want to play a sport for four more years, or I want to make some good friends, or I want to whatever, but they don't really feel like they're here because they're a good student. That's not part of how they see themselves, right? Instead of them thinking that way, I can encourage them when I meet with them and we're trying to help them figure out things to think of themselves as one of the privileged few who gets to have a college education. And they got here because they have ability. They are a student. They are a scholar. Or if I can encourage them to think, 
you know what, that they're a police officer in training and we need faithful police officers. So their identity becomes linked to being faithful at everything they do, which includes being a faithful student. They're building those habits now. So part of their identity becomes, I'm a faithful person. So this is really great information because with with four children, blessed with four children most of the time, um, (laughs) thinking about what they want to do in their future and also how they perceive things is really, really important. And and just transitioning from high school in a few few short years to college uh, for, for two of my boys... One is really into robotics. One is really into cross-country. And those are all good in and of themselves, but also going to college for the other reasons and connecting your identity to that is super, super important for long-term success. Yes, definitely. So if if they're somebody who thinks of themselves as a, a faithful person or as um, I am a student. I am a college student. I am a scholar. I can do this. This is part of who I am. If that's what they're thinking of their identity, then they're going to say, okay, so what should I be doing? What do good students do? They go to class. They read the textbook. They study for exams. They work in small study groups. That's the outside stuff that we keep trying to get them to do. But if we could trans- help them transform their identity, those would be a natural byproduct of that. When they start seeing these actions as part of their identity, they're more likely to do the things that are associated with it rather than just thinking, oh, I need to do some homework and I just don't feel like focusing. They then see the bigger picture that this is who they want to be. This is who they are. Think about the student in your class. I've been talking about my kids. Think about the student in your class who has that identity maybe of the class clown or just, you know, not a good student. Um, What if we could work on his or her identity And help them see that they are a capable student. Now, as such, how will they act? Capable students are organized. They get a good night's sleep. They show up for school. They keep track of what's due and when it's due. They, you know, they're faithful when they have some time to work on an assignment. If they see themselves being a good student, they're going to want to do those things more so. I know people who say, I want to be a really solid Christian who lives my faith. Well, what does that look like? Well, that probably includes a rich prayer life, time filled with studying the word, spending time in discussions, in worship, in reaching out and supporting other people and being kind and compassionate. If my identity is that of a, a, a caring Christian, those are the byproduct. That's the thing that's going to happen. Think about driving. We want to be safe drivers, right? But we find ourselves in a hurry and driving faster and faster. If being a safe driver is closely tied to part of your identity, what does that look like? What do safe drivers do? Now my goal is to be a safe driver instead of, well, I just need to slow, to slow down and not speed so much. Link it to identity. It's a simple little switch in our thinking, but it can have big implications for our long-term success. Our goal on 5 to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, a little bit of a review. Reflect on the need to make the change ridiculously small, link that action to something you already do each day, and celebrate after you do it. And you can review a previous podcast for that, but just wanted to frame it up for number one. Number two, intrinsic motivation is the key because intrinsic motivation has a greater impact than extrinsic motivation. Number three, this really gets at it. Focus on your identity instead of outcomes. Very, very important to have that uh, prioritized. So number four, let's put this into action. 
reflect on your own life and make a stronger link to an item that you want to be part of your identity. And number five, now that you've reflected on that and you've thought about what would it look like, think of a student or a young, young individual in your life and make it your action item to teach this skill to that individual. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.